Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife and talented and beautiful, did I say that? <laughs> Miss Southern Shell. And we got a special guest today, Mr. Mark Williams from Swine Life. Mark, what's happening, man? And we're making it, having a good day. You, you ready to eat some more crawfish? I am. That's I what kind of want to do it this weekend. I, man, I tell you what, this um, quarantine ban and stuff, if we can get under 10 people. I don't think we had 10 last time. No. We not need another Not all at one time. Yeah, not at one time. Yeah, yeah. We, we had to cycle them out because we didn't want to break any laws. I don't know if they put a... Headlines Go- outside. Governor Tate's put a, a proclamation on us, but we did not break them. We had, what, 66 pounds of crawfish we cooked, and there wasn't a one left. Them jokers were good. They was good. But uh, today, Shell, what are we going to talk about? We got to talk First, you know, we're going to talk about that. Is there anything you want to get off, the, get off your chest before we get going? No, I didn't have any other notes, but yeah, we're going to talk about the crawfish video y'all did this week. I do have some sad news. Memphis in May has been officially canceled. They haven't gotten it's official. It's canceled, it's postponed. Post, well, moved yeah. to the fall, supposedly. They're working on dates, but... Memphis in the fall. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be so crazy, man. Everything's trying to move to the fall. And there's gonna be so much jammed in there. From if we, you All know, if we get us. yes, I mean, assuming we're gonna to get to go back to normal health here soon, but maybe they'll move deer season. <laughs> yeah, just I don't know out. what we're gonna do with that, man. We got dove season. And then we roll into deer season, and then we got all these contests moving, and just everything I had planned is canceled. I, I, the next one on my list now is in June, and I'm just hoping, got my fingers crossed, that that Pusky ain't canceled down in yeah. Montgomery. I mean, that's a big one. That's going to be a big one at Wind Creek. How many thousands is it? Is the purse up? 75. Ooh, that's a oh. big one. That's a monster. I can't well, we got a room. We ready. You're going to haul one of the outlaws down there? Outlaw hybrids going with us. Stay in the hotel at the casino. I think it'll be, everything will be. Hopefully. Yeah, died back down. Just got to let this virus die out. Yeah. Before we all do. All right, so crawfish. So this week, since it is the spring, and the trees are blooming, and it's supposed to be barbecue season, and the crappie are biting. You're supposed to invite all your friends over to your house. You're supposed to invite them over (laughs) and have a big crawfish bowl. And so we wanted to show, we wanted to share with everybody pretty much the recipe that me and Mark's been working on for what going on three, four mm-hmm. years now. We've been cooking because um, when I first met Mark, he started having a, a crawfish party kind of for your birthday. It was always right around the first of May. I don't know exactly. Usually end of April, first of May, we had one. And I've been cooking. We've been cooking crawfish for a long time, and we kind of got a very, very old crawfish cooking video. Yeah, that I, I mean, we did in the old house in the backyard, one pot style. Yeah, your um, method has changed. It has. And this method, we kind of, who did Cajun Blaze tell us about the soak method first? Yeah. We were at Springfest and he brought yep. those one up there and we, we asked him you know, how he cooked them. That's what he said. You know, they'd boil them in salt water and then soak them. Yeah. And I was like, if we're boiling in salt water, we're going we gonna to boil them in everything. We're going to take up another notch. Yeah. Why would you just do salt water? I mean, I understand they're not in there long. They're not picking up a lot of flavor, but I'm also flavoring that water with some live crawfish to cook the sides in it. So the sides pick up some essence of the crawfish. You could boil them in plain salt water. Yeah. Heck, you can whatever you want. Don't, don't don't let me tell you how to do. It. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you pick up a good bit of flavor during the boil. Yeah, but not like you do in soak. But the ideal is instead of using one pot, if you're going to cook multiple sacks of crawfish, it probably isn't worth it just to do one bag. You know, to if you're going to do one bag, just 
throw some ice in there, chill the pot. I've seen some people chill the outside of the pot with just a water hose. Uh, you picked up a cool thing down yeah. at Grills in Mississippi, the uh, we, the boil boss. And it works. I mean, it's just like a hula hoop with holes in it. And you hang it on the pot, turn the water on, and about three minutes, it's down to 160. And you stir it the whole time to kind of bring it down. But and so it's got a little... The, that's the same idea of putting the ice in it. Well, you just don't dilute your water. I mean, you used to, like... How do you not dilute your water if you're adding more water? It goes on the outside of the pot. It it hangs. Oh. It's got uh, these it little brackets. The pot. It has these little brackets. You kind of take the lid off. And you put these, you put this hoop around the pot. So think ah, of a sprinkler, a round sprinkler, right? I mean, worst case, pot. you could throw the yard sprinkler under the pot. It be, <laughs> just let it, it work. <laughs> I don't know what that do to your burner, <laughs> but you, you, you know, the ideal is gotcha. lower the temperature on that pot so the crawfish will fill up with juice and sink to the bottom. Because if you noticed in the video, when a crawfish, when you boil, I don't care if it's shrimp, crawfish, whatever, it's going to float to the top. That's just what they want to do. Well, before we get into it too deep, if you haven't seen the video, walk me through real quick the steps. So first thing, you need some crawfish. You got to source some crawfish. <laughs> now, okay. we're lucky here. And if, I mean, if you're from Louisiana, you gold mine. They're probably, probably getting them for $1.50 yeah. a pound right now. They're more expensive than that up here. This time of year, the prices dropped this week big time. It I was did. seeing like first of the week two eighty five. Now I've seen people advertising two oh five down in Coldwater, which is what twenty minutes down the road. So the prices have dropped big time, which probably demand nobody's getting together cooking crawfish. That's to be expected. But we sourced ours from Crawfish Haven um, up in Horn Lake. We've been getting them from there for a while. There's a what's the name of the Porter's place? Seafood. Porter Seafood. I say, I get a weekly uh, text from him. You can you can sign up for his text and he'll shoot you the prices. Um, there's all kinds of great, there's all kinds of places you can buy them up here now. People truck them up by the ton in, in our part of the country. Crawfish has really come on in the past five ten years. I mean, used to you didn't see. I didn't grow up eating crawfish. But as we got older and got to cooking barbecue, you started seeing more of them, and they've really—it's really been a, a, a great uh, industry. A lot of the a lot of the catfish farms over in Arkansas even switched to crawfish too. Instead of do, they'll do catfish and crawfish ponds, so it's it's a booming thing. Um, so once you got them, once we got them, you got to get you some equipment, and you need a pot. If you're doing them like we are, and you go do multiple sacks, get you two pots to set up the soak and the cook pot. What's um, the price of a? You call it a crawfish cooking rig. What's the price? Mm, I think pot? Academy has them like burner and pot for under one fifty. Yeah, oh, really? no, they're way cheaper okay. now. Does that yeah. come with the basket too? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so they'll get you a rig for one hundred fifty. You can get them at Walmart yeah. now. You can get them at Academy, Amazon, um, Bayou Classics. The one I have, I don't know which one yours was. I've had mine for probably over ten. Hey, no longer than that. I've had it way before we got married. We bought the pot. The one we soaked in was the one that come from Restaurant Depot. Okay. And we actually built a burner. That was an old turkey fryer burner. And we just put a piece of gas pipe with some grease zerts and knocked the zert out where it's just a jet and yeah. it works great. Well, mine is a Bayou Classic burner that was probably about 40 bucks and the pot was probably 60 or 70 bucks. So I'm less than 100 bucks in mine. And that's really all you need. Now, you don't have to have that fancy crawfish washer because the next thing you got to do is clean your crawfish. And everybody's got different takes on how you should purge crawfish. Should you put the salt on them and soak them? Well, what's your take you on it? used to. Oh, I used to before I read the study that the LSU <laughs> did, and they come out to say that the salt only does what? Kill them. Kills the crawfish. I mean, they don't, it's not everybody had this. There used to be people said you put salt on and fill them with water, it's going to make them spit up all yeah, the nasty heard, stuff yeah. in them. That is not true. That's a, that's a myth. And they busted at LSU. 
I mean, a crawfish lives in fresh water. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely don't want to do anything that might kill that crawfish before you cook it. Exactly. Only way I know of to truly purge and get one clean is some of these guys actually have the tanks. It's like a live well. Yeah. They put them in there, put them in fresh water. It rotates the water out. It's in perfectly clean water. For and how that'll, long? Overnight. I mean, 24 oh, hours, I would 24 assume. 24 hours, yeah. I mean, it's nothing you do in a few hours. Yeah. I don't even know if you call that a purge. It's really not purging. You're just cleaning them out. All we're doing is washing them. Yeah. And the thing, that crawfish washer, it's a plastic tub that has a drain hole in the bottom and a water hose hook up. Well, that water hose has this sprayer that's mounted on the inside of the tub, and it just throws the water up against the side, which creates like a vortex in it. Think of a whirlpool. And that makes the crawfish spin around. So you fill it up with water. You dump the crawfish in it. Fill it up with water. Let it spill over the top. Just as it starts to trickle over the top, you pull the drain plug. So you got fresh water going in. You got the nasty, dirty, muddy water coming out. And then you got any trash or debris that's getting circulated to the top because of the whirlpool spilling over the sides. And the crawfish don't come out. No. Mm-hmm. You would think they do. The only thing that I've seen happen with them is if it's a really nasty sack of crawfish, that drain plug can get stopped yeah. up with debris. Then you'll have to get a stick or uh, some jam something jam up in it. there and drain it. But it ain't no big deal. I mean, it's, I mean, the way we used to do it is with old wash baskets, like a laundry mm-hmm. basket yeah. with mesh and shake yeah. it. I mean, that works fine, but it's a lot easier just turn the water on and walk away. I've even we used to do it when I first learned how to cook them. We purged them in in a cooler. We would put like a milk crate and went into the cooler where the drain is and dump the crawfish in there and then fill that cooler up and stir them and just keep putting fresh water in and letting that water drain out into like a you know a big igloo style, uh, hundred eighty quart right. cooler or something like that. It works perfect. I've even done them if you got if you have a multiple pots or if you want to purge them first, you can pour them in your basket and use your pot you're mm-hmm. cooking in to purge them and you kind of you know how we twist them around just like Shake you do with the strainer basket. Yeah. Get them clean in that. Set them out in the shade. Dump that dirty water out, rinse your pot good, and then start start your uh, seasoning, you know, boiling. So you don't. I mean, there's there's ways around it, you know. How much is the crawfish washer? It's not much, fifty or sixty bucks. They are kind yeah. of proud of that, but yeah. I'm gonna tell you, it is worth it. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're gonna do it a couple times a year, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you can turn the water on. Me and you can go prep whatever, cut sausage, get potatoes ready. You're not dedicated to that washer, you know. You can turn it on, walk away, and ten minutes it's done. So. And they they made that thing to um, wash dove breast out in the field. Mm-hmm. It was meant to. It was in a five gallon bucket. They got the same setup. Throw all your dove breast, tur- uh, duck breast, whatever you're you know out in the field on a hunt, your birds, and throw them in there. And the water circulates it and gets all the feathers and blood and all that off. And cleans those dove breast up the same kind of way. How important is it to wash the crawfish? Very important. You don't want to be in that. I mean, it's they live in mud. Yeah. So they're dirty as they can be now. Now, sometimes you see these guys selling them all their pre-purged crawfish or already washed, and I think all they're doing is washing the sacks down. Because, I mean, it. yeah, it's still got plenty of dirt. Man, I found bait in there. I found, you know, <laughs> there's always some dead ones because they get crushed because, you know, they're just stacking them up on top of each other in the trucks and stuff. So you want to get the dead ones out. You want to get the debris out and get the mud off of them. When, when that water's clear, they're as clean as they're going to be. Then they're ready for the boiling pot. And I think the biggest thing, too, is – if you're not getting them good and clean like that where it's crystal clear water, you're cooking the mud on them. Yeah. And if you're doing multiple cooks, the dirtier your water gets. And I've seen it, but I mean, when we done it years ago when we really didn't know what we was doing, yeah. at least we thought, you know, as you cook about the fourth or fifth pot, your pot's no longer red. You don't have that red <laughs> water. It's a know, brown water. <laughs> I've seen that too. But They uh, were good crawfish, but. Yeah. So let's talk about. The water, the bowl. What do we? So we got two pots set up, and we're running them both with about forty gallons of water, about half forty quarts. 
Yeah, 40 quarts. Yeah, that'd be a lot of water, wouldn't it, gallons? That's a crawfish. <laughs> so what we do to it, Mark? Okay. So basically, I would say the best measure is as your pot, half it. So if you got a 60 quart, you know, fill it halfway up, should be about 30 quarts. And you want to have enough space in there to where when you do drop 30 pounds of crawfish in that pot or however much your pot can handle, it don't overflow and you still got room if you want to add anything else to it. And, you know, give them plenty of room to where them crawfish can move around because if they're all tied up, it's not going to cook as good, just like in a smoker. You know, you got to have water flow just like you do airflow in a smoker. Right. So that's the biggest thing is have the pot that's the right size for the amount you're trying to cook and go from there, man. Season it. You know, we, I seen where a couple people say, man, y'all went heavy, but really. That's flavor. You can't go too heavy. I mean. I've never, have you ever had any that were too heavy? No. Like the only I've time. plenty that I was like, there ain't no seasoning. Yeah. They're flat. Yeah. Or just don't taste The only like time anything. that I've tasted where crawfish like, that's way too much is when it's all on the outside. When they've seasoned You're it. You're not going to mess that water up. Mm -mm. Um, so we put four and a half pounds of dry mix. You could use whatever kind. I bought it because it's already bagged up at Walmart. Four and a half pounds of the Louisiana. And then I also bought the gallon of the liquid. And, you know, the liquid's really where you get some heat. You get right. some flavor from it, too. But the liquid brings the heat. Now, we, we put 32 ounces. You can, If you don't like them spicy, back it back to about 20 ounces. Yeah. But you definitely need some. And then we dumped a shaker of grit. Shaker of eight. Shaker of AP. So what what's the point of adding the two shakers of seasoning? Of well, rub? I like ours is for the garlic some of the pepper spice, and then to add some more salt. We also added a regular cup of kosher salt. I used to, before we started using AP, we would dump one whole box, just like the cylinder box. box. I don't yeah. know what that, one pound yeah, I think so. of regular table salt. And that would get them there, but they, I think when Mark, we were out at, in the garage one day cooking them, we was like, well, let's, we were just experimenting with stuff. And we do that all the time. We said, let's put a bottle of AP in there. It's salt. And then yeah, um, other flavors, yeah. So Mark came out with his grit, which has some citrus notes right. to it. And we said, man, let's throw some of that in there and see how if it's going to bump up that citrus flavor because that goes with seafood, with crawfish. And so we added a, a bottle of that. And then we added some lemon juice for a little extra bump, stick of butter, and then the vinegar makes them tail out. That's what a lot of people don't know. But if you'll put one stick of butter. And What's the butter for? It, it adds, I guess it just adds like an oil to it. And it helps it helps the flesh release from the tail, so you don't have to peel them as much. They're gonna pinch if you cook them just right. They're gonna pinch and pop right out. Yeah, you don't even really have to. Like I showed other people how to pull that segment off. A true crawfish eater can just you pop. Gotta do yeah, that. That's just you wasted time pulling it, but you got to show rookies how to peel it off. <laughs> <clears throat> but so that's all we put in there with the vinegar, the butter, uh, the uh, lemon, the two rubs. The dry and the wet and regular salt. So what if somebody doesn't have the AP in the grip? What could they substitute? Just throw in more salt, more yeah. lemon. That's what I would do. Or, or use your favorite all-purpose. Yeah, just yeah. all-purpose. Yeah. Don't be all scared purpose. of anything. Yeah. I mean. I would. It's going to take up to a pound of salt, and it ain't going to hurt to have a little more. It's not going to be too salty, I promise you. I think a lot of it, too, is with that being the garlic powder in those rubs, it gets more in the water. Yeah. You know? Whereas a lot of times, like, I mean, we used to add tons of garlic cloves, but I really couldn't say it added that much to the water as much as this, like, powdered garlic. But yeah. yeah, but in that granular form, it does it does give it that flavor. And that's what I like. Our juice, the, the juice that we suck out of the heads, has all that flavor. Yeah. You're really tasting it. And it's not blowing your head off. I mean, you know, you eat them sometimes, and they're just not plain. They don't have anything. You just suck at juice. And then I've had some where it's just all heat. Well, ours, 
or savory. They have a good seafood flavor to it. Yeah. And the tail meat picks up some flavor, but the tail meat's kind of neutral. It don't have a lot to it. You're not going to overpower the tail meat mm-hmm. at all. There's no way. And if you just ate, like some people, a lot of people that, you know, new to crawfish eating, they don't suck the heads. They just eat the tails. And they're, they want that seasoning on the outside. That's the only flavor they're getting because there ain't that much flavor and people not, you know, not cooking them right. But, so we did both pots the same way. Yeah. We got our boiling pot seasoned the same way. We got our soaking pot seasoned the same way. Both run, uh, burners running wide open, and we're bringing them to a boil. And what did it take, Mark? To get them from cold tap water That's to your boil, longest wait yeah, time. Probably 20 to 25 minutes, yeah. you know. And, I mean, that's a lot of water to bring to a boil. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's there's pots out there to do it a little bit quicker, but then again, you know, how much crawfish are you going to cook? Is it justifiable to say, hey, I need that fancy pot that'll do it in 10 minutes? You know well, I, I need that time to get my beard yeah. in. <laughs> so while, while the, while the water's good. coming to a boil, we drink a few cool ones. <laughs> it's very social. Yeah. You know, you bring it your friends is. over. Yeah. And I mean, that's one thing that out of all the times we've had crawfish parties at our house, as they got bigger, you lost that social part of it. Yeah. Because I'm having to cook everything before they get there. I mean, last year we cooked nine sacks yeah i mean that was that was a lot of cooking you know and And there's a lot of entertaining right yeah aspect of that too you gotta get set up more tables you gotta you know right so we boil the pots twice and And what's the point of that well we learned we were concentrating that flavor how'd you figure that one out cook bad crawfish yeah (laughs) well no cooking them and see we all used to when we were before we had this recipe we would put i don't know two or three pounds in there we'll get our pots boiling and then we'd purge them all, and then we'd pull out two or three pounds and do a little test bowl, soak them, and then taste them. And then we noticed that, you know, the flavor, you know, it's always better after we cook the last ones. And it was because we were bringing that pot back and forth to a bowl. So we said, we're going to concentrate it now. Cook it down. It evaporates a little bit of the water because of steam and cooking off. But what it does, it steeps all that season. You make sure it all gets dissolved good. It steeps it. It concentrates it a little bit, and then it's ready to go i mean it's ready to put maximum flavor in one sack of crawfish and actually with the soaking pots I, you know how, did y'all when y'all boiled, boiled nine bags with the two pots set up i wasn't there for the cooking part your cousin was but uh did y'all had kept adjusting the season how many how, how many after how many bags would you think before about you need five, to start about five bags i mean we we didn't do anything to the boiling pot just let it roll you know but the soaking pot I think about halfway through, we did notice, like, you know, you could tell it was starting to pull some of that salt out. You didn't notice the heat as much. You noticed the salt more than anything. So we'd add another cup of salt, hit it with some more dry, a little splash of wet, and roll on, you know. And, you know, it was consistent. And were I you think adding more water to it, too. Mm-hmm. You were just, just letting it roll. Yeah. So you're saying, so our setup should theoretically do about 150, 150 160 pounds easy. Pretty easy. Before you would have to adjust. And you'll That's notice, a lot of crawfish. You'll notice, too, the same thing that, your watercolors won't be the same. And I don't know if it's because you're boiling that one so much more and the soaking pot's not. That soaking pot will keep that bright red, you know, color. And it could be, too. It might be cooking some stuff off the shelves. Well, I mean, you don't know. But yeah. the soak pot usually stays pretty consistent. And usually you don't have to fire it back up. No. once Because you're always at, you think you're always adding these hot crawfish that have been 212 degrees going into that pot. It's always staying right around 160. It may drop down a little bit, but by the time you put that hot, crawfish basket back in it with all those with all that heat it's heating that back up to about 160 and that's where you want it and they just soak up all that flavor and so we boil the first let's go back to the bowl we got we drop our crawfish in the in the strainer basket 
We drop it in our pot that we've done constant two bowls and let it cool down a little bit and then fired it right back up. We bring the when pot to a bowl. you put it in there, is it boiling when you drop it? Um, yes. Yeah, it's boiling when we drop it. And then usually it chills it some. Yeah. And it takes it about three to five minutes to come back to a full bowl. And it's still going to be simmering. Yeah. But you want it rolling. And that's when when you see steam pour, starting to pour out the lid, that's when you start your timer. It's usually three to five minutes. And then you time it for three minutes. Now, this part is really contingent on the time of year and where that crawfish is in its molt process. Early in the season, you don't boil them that long. You might drop them in, start the timer immediately, yeah. and let them get out. When it gets back to boil, get them out. Because yeah. when we're talking January, February crawfish, that's when the shell's new. It's really soft. They just start to harden up, and that's when crawfish season comes in. Now, this time of year, they're starting to get about, about right. I mean, from now till right after Easter, you know, couple of weeks into April, their crawfish are premium. Um, the, the shell's just right. Three-minute cook time's perfect, and you soak them for 20 minutes, and they're good. Um, after, when you get through April and into May in the hotter months, as the season starts to fizzle out, the shells get, they're, they're getting big. The shell's getting so hard on them. I mean, it's getting rock hard. Yeah. You got to boil them about five minutes, and then you still need to soak them 25 to 30 minutes to get the flavor in there. And then it's still hard to squeeze the shell to get any juice out of them. So it just depends on what time of It'll year. It'll tear your fingers up. Oh, yeah. Eat those. The ones we cooked two weekends ago, they were all fairly small, and you could tell it was still early. And we never, I mean, as soon as we dropped them, maybe five minutes from that point. You know, we never let it get back to a full roll. just started a timer. And some of the smaller ones were overcooked in that pot. I mean, it was just, they were all teeny tiny. They were good eating, yeah. but they were a lot smaller than what I'd like. We call them peelers. Yeah, that's what it was a bag full of. <laughs> I like the select selects. I think that's what, yeah, they're a little bit bigger. We can't be that picky. Yeah, there. you can't. I mean, you can't really. You got to go with what the market's dictating, what they're putting out. But now's when you start seeing the premium crawfish come in this time of year. I mean, they're, and unfortunately, everybody's, you know, quarantined up, but uh, it's really, it should be prime, getting to be prime season. Those guys should be making the most they're going to make after Easter price. Uh, typically, that's when the, the weekend after Easter is when the price goes down. Usually, Easter is that last weekend where they're getting top dollar for crawfish, and then the rest of the you know the second half of the season they're kind of trickling down. Lowest I've ever seen them in my life around here is probably about a dollar twenty five. Now I've heard of them getting them for fifty cents a pound or less down in Louisiana, but we don't that's ever crazy. see them that low. I've seen about dollar fifty, and that's. Yeah. I wish we could see that again. Yeah. yeah, heck yeah. Well, you might if they're two oh five this weekend. You don't know where they're going to go. I mean, they may. I mean, they got to do something with them. They got to. They got to sell them. So we might see some lower prices. But so now we got them boiled. We timed it three minutes. We got our soaking pot off. We done stirred it down to where one sixty. It's one sixty degrees. If you got your thermometer, stick it in there. If you don't, just guess. Several people asked where you could get that paddle. So, so Bull Boss makes that paddle. And I picked that one up from Grills in Mississippi when we was down there for the class. And I seen that in the bull boss. I was like, we got to have that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it, I was like, man, is this thermometer really going to work as you're sitting there like stirring around? And it's spot on. Yeah. I mean, it it's made really it 10 cool. times easier. You can watch it. I mean, we used to have the big long stemmed one, like they come with a turkey fryer and we try to hang it on there and guess. But this one makes it so much easier because you can actually see it. And we showed it in the video, pictures of it. I mean, it dials in. So, it goes into and that pot. And you're stirring. While you're 20 minutes. Them. And you just kind of stir them around while they're in there. That kind of agitates them. They start filling up with water or the juice from the pot. And then they start getting heavy and they and they sink down to the bottom. 
that's when you know they're getting right. And all of them don't float. I mean, don't sink. But the majority of them do. Yeah, yeah. And that's too like if you're worried about your water being too hot, try them at ten minutes. You know that may be enough for your taste. You know we like twenty. I'm not scared to go longer than that. You know, but if you're new to it and you think, well, it might be a little bit too spicy. I mean, taste them. If they're too hot to you or they're where you want them, get them out. You know, yeah. that's it. We always spoon it, uh, <laughs> dip it a few yeah. out and we, do it a little. You tasty. got to. As they go, heck, we tasted them. So as they come out of the boiling pot, just to see if we had any, oh, yeah. you know, see if they had enough flavor. We was going, we was going, we was going to throw some more to them. If heck, I was watching the video today, and heck, I think my lips were already red when we got ready to taste them. I was like, we've been eating crawfish. <laughs> you can tell we've been eating them and drinking a few beers. <laughs> and the tornado is coming through. You, did you oh yeah, you could really see like the. We were tasting. I look, and you see the limbs blowing in the <laughs> yeah. background. I'm like, and hurried up. Yeah. But we soaked them for 20 minutes. Then we took them out, pour them in a cooler, and just leave them alone. Don't dare put any more seasoning on them, man. That's just a dirty trick. It really is. I mean, I hate that. My fingers will burn. My lips yeah. will burn. It'll chap my lips. I hate the seasoning on the outside. That's Some people, worst. I mean, you use gloves sometimes. Some people I have to because it burns. Yeah. You get depending on the, the D's. Did you eat any of these without gloves? No, I don't. You don't, t- you don't chance it. it. I don't chance it. That don't phase me. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but um, these weren't. These didn't burn your hands and they didn't burn your lips. But they had some heat because they would make you. I mean, they, they were, there were some of them that we first was eating them. Oh, that yeah. They it were, was opening they was, it up. Yeah, that's my first crawfish of the season to eat. That's like opening it up. Jack. We were yeah. stirring it. I was like, I'm pissing the cough. Like, <laughs> it was getting <laughs> me. to let it go. <laughs> but they turned out really good. So we got our crawfish cooked and in the cooler, just sitting there steaming. I mean, so, they're still, they got enough heat in there. That, you know, they're still. I've seen crawfish. I don't know what temp, but they're hot. <laughs> yeah, I've seen crawfish stay in a cooler for hours and be just as good. You know? Oh, yeah. In fact, to me, when you get down to the bottom of the cooler and they're in that juice in there, that's the ones that are. That's, that's I like being the cleanup crew. Yeah. That's what we you need know? to do. We need to try next time, like take the soak pot because you know it's not going to overcook it. Pour a little bit off in the cooler just with get it. Get it off in there. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the, the these at the end of the night, there's probably two inches of liquid in there, and those are the, the bottom layer. Mm-hmm. Those were the best ones I ate all day. All the all the slackers done left. Now it's time for the real people to clean up. Crew, yeah, the cleanup crew. I had pickle and dust it and Austin there. Who's the cleanup crew? Hey, the, the boys did a good job helping too. Now you got to have sides though when you cook crawfish, and we went. What, what the, traditionally I would say, it's always been corn and potatoes, potatoes, corn, and maybe sausage, and that'd be it. Yeah, corn but sausage potatoes, is expensive, so I I kind of. Fell in love with the old red skin, <laughs> cheap smoke sausage. That's the best kind. And I think it is. I really, I mean, I put the good stuff in there. It ain't worth spending that much money. That's what I was going to say. It's wasting the good stuff. And I if mean. you mess up and get some that's like a smoked sausage, to me, it ruins the water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want that smoky flavor in there. It doesn't go. The red skin, they, these are circle bees. There's all different kinds of red skin sausage. I'm telling you, those are the circle the best. choice for me. <laughs> circle peas, the choice for me. What were they? Five a little for plug five? there. Five for five. Man, Bernie. <laughs> no, they're five for 20 or something like that. Pick five. No, pick five. That's good oh, enough. Yeah. So, and what were those? Two pound packs? We probably had a lot of sausage. was a lot of sausage. Hey, there wasn't, many, there wasn't much of that stuff left there. Mm-hmm. But so, typically, that's all most people start out putting in there. But I, you know, mushrooms are probably my favorite thing. I could do without the corn. I don't care about corn. The potatoes are just filler. I'm going to get full on crawfish. And so, but the mushrooms, I got to have the mushrooms. I got to have the red skin. Garlic. And the garlic, garlic cloves. And so you notice we threw handfuls of garlic cloves in there every time. And they didn't get over. They were no, perfect, they were perfect. texture. They were perfect. And I like, I like the onion too. Me too. 
And that's that's pretty much standard for me. If you're coming to one of my crawfish bowls, that's what I'm gonna have. Now Mark Williams. Mark Williams, we've <laughs> we started playing with all kinds Everything. of stuff. So what's some of the stuff that you like to put in? When we come to your house, what are we having? My favorite is the pickles. You get the big whole dill pickles and cut them up in chunks. To me, that's my favorite. They suck up so much flavor. Man, they'll light you up. You think a Kool-Aid pickle's good? You get you a crawfish, crawfish pickle. pickle. Man. Uh, we've done pickles. We've done green olives. I like green olives in it. Um, green beans. I wasn't a fan. Yeah, they were a little... They're... I don't know. To me, it you can't cook a green bean like Mama used to cook a green bean in a crawfish pot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. ain't the same. It ain't. But, um, celery. Celery, that. Brussels sprouts. Celery's pretty good in there. Yeah. If I like the Brussels sprouts. They just get on everything. If yeah. you don't time it just right, you know, uh, pineapple. pineapple. You know, that's always kind of the dessert. Whenever you get through cooking everything, you're getting ready to turn the pot off. Just throw some peeled pineapples, leave the top on, and just let it soak until you just about wiped out all the crawfish. <laughs> what was it? Then you bust it out and cut it up and eat it. And it's sweet, but it's got all that flavor. People love the pineapple. Oh, they went crazy yeah. over it. The, what did we do? A chub of bologna last year? We did a chub of It was the most spicy, veiny sausage you've ever ate. You know? <laughs> I've done hot dogs in it. Um, uh, boiled eggs. I've thrown whole eggs off in there. The shell dissolves. I don't know where it goes. <laughs> it just cooks away. There's no That's shell. It's doing to your inside. <laughs> yeah. There's no shell. You just end up with this spicy boil. It's not, it's not uh, pickled. Mm. It's just a spicy boiled egg and man they're pretty dang good in it i like the eggs who though. was it was telling us they put chicken thighs i've heard somebody done. doing Crawl? that but look, get the crawfish out drop a pack of chicken thighs in there and boil it in the crab bowl and then and then throw it on the grill because it didn't, didn't my dad used to do that he used to take chicken quarters boil it in crawfish bowl and then throw it on the grill and like bar you know do so par boiling chicken yeah but he didn't bowl. boil crawfish no no he just did that yeah just, just for chicken just made a yeah. pot of big bull chicken pot Hey, try, try it. We have never tried that. <laughs> but you could do just about anything you wanted in there for the sides. Yeah. And now, I mean, the, the thing to me is I like doing them separate always. Because when you go throwing everything in there, then you put your crawfish in there, none of it cooks none of it cooks all the way properly. Either you're going to undercook your crawfish or you're going to overcook every vegetable you got in there. And I see people put the corn, the potatoes, all that in at the same time. You can't cook. Uh, if you cook, if you boil corn, Long enough to get those potatoes tender, that corn is just the nastiest corn you've ever tried to eat. I mean, it's dry, has no flavor. You've nuked it. I mean, corn doesn't even really need cooking. It's When they freeze it, it's pretty much cooked. I mean, it just needs to steam back a little in it. And that's why I do my potatoes first. Potatoes, mushrooms, onion, more garlic if you want it. That all could go in at the same time because they have a longer cook time. And well, we've, we go 10 minutes. Give those little new potatoes a good head start. It's getting everything soft. It's, you know, softening up the onions. The mushrooms, all they're doing is sponges. They're just absorbing flavor. I don't know if you could overcook the mushroom. But after 10 minutes, we throw in the sausage because it don't need long to cook or you'll bust it to pieces too. Yeah. So it needs about five minutes. And at that point, you're 15 in. Check your little potatoes. They're getting close. And usually it's about five, seven minutes. They're, everything's done. Shut it off. Drop your corn in. That drops the temp a little bit because that corn's froze. Uh, you can do it with fresh corn. It just, I mean, just don't need long to stay in there. We've done it with fresh corn. Oh, yeah. It's really it's real, good. It's good. And then just turn it off and let it sit five minutes. And then you're pretty much done at that point. Now, I will say, if you're trying to do it in one pot and you want a good way to cool it off, I've seen people drop the frozen corn straight from the deep freeze once the crawfish are done and use the corn to cool the water. Yeah, that's a good And idea. it won't cool it. You know, you're, you're still going to cook the it. corn. Yeah. And But it's a good 
shock factor to get it to cool off a little bit quicker. Gotcha. So you're gotcha. not adding the ice to the liquid. Right. You're yet. using the frozen corn. That is a good tip. We need to try okra. Ah, man, it's slimy. He hates okra. I don't think it would work. I don't mind some slimy okra. Do you? Oh, man, I don't like it. One thing like that y'all have started doing here lately. Cauliflower's good. I just put a head of cauliflower yeah, in there. That's good. Be. One thing y'all have started doing lately um, is bringing a sauce to dip your um, potatoes and and stuff in. We're highfalutin when it comes to crawfish. <laughs> so You've I, made a rumelade. I make a rumelade. And it's, you do a... I've done the Russian dressing Russian that we use for the Reuben video, and it, it works. So walk food. me through that, because what got me was the horseradish. I loved it. So it's basically to make the small batch, it's a cup of mayo, I think. You love that, I know, Shell. <laughs> and it's Duke's. <laughs> oh, Duke's, not, not Blue Fate. They didn't have Blue Fate. We oh, was trying to buy all this with the yeah. crazy folks at Walmart, yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, man. But... Blue plate's the first one to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, uh, I think a half a cup or quarter cup of the chili sauce. Yeah. Heinz, like Heinz chili, chili sauce. sauce. The kind you put the meatballs and the grape yeah. jelly in. And the recipe calls for like one tablespoon. I want me one giant tablespoon of horseradish. And what I've been doing with horseradish here lately is actually put it in a small, like take a small bowl, put a paper towel in it, and spoon the horseradish in it, then squeeze all that juice out of the horseradish. That's a good idea. And it doesn't make your sauces as runny. It's more of a creamier style sauce. Yeah. And then salt and pepper to taste and a little bit of Worcestershire and hot sauce. And that's it. That's it. It was excellent dipping sauce. Yeah. It was excellent. I know it was good. On the, it was on good the, on Reuben, but it was Reuben, really good yeah. with crawfish. Pork Reuben, right? That's what yes. you did last. Full pork Reuben. But, oh, man, I wish you'd have brought me some of that. That sounds so good. So what do you do if you have leftover crawfish? Okay. Turn in your man card. No. <laughs> no, we usually try to cook enough to have. And I thought, I I just knew I was going to have some extra crawfish that we were going to tell out and freeze because I Saturday. love making stuff yeah. with it. I use it in gumbo. I use it for a crawfish dip, like the hot dip mm-hmm. I do on the smoker. I use it I in jambalaya. I make etouffee. And so there's all kinds of recipes, but what's the number one thing you got to do? Hill them and devein. You got to get that vein out. You got to get all I that out. I made that mistake one time. Would it do just ruin it? Oh yeah, we it was after one of our crawfish parties, and it was midnight, and we're out yeah. there trying to peel some crawfish and put them in a bag. I didn't think nothing about it. Next day, I was like, I'm gonna do crawfish mac and cheese. I dumped them in there and run that spoon through that mac and cheese, and it looked like black worms everywhere. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> all those Never mind. in there. No, you got to pull that out when you do them, and it's. I mean, it does take a little time to sit down, especially after you've been eating crawfish all day, drinking beer, cleaning the pots, all that stuff, and sit there and well, peel them. Well, you peel two and you eat one. That's, you peel two and you eat one. <laughs> That's usually you have a peel party, right? Mm-hmm. You get three yeah. or four beers and sit there and pile them up and just mow through them and then bag them up, and whoever helped you gets to take a bag. You just divide them up equally. Have you ever seen anyone just take <clears> them <throat> as is without peeling them and freeze them? You know, I never have. But I've going heard back to Spring Fest, how – Adam and Jason brought them up cold, cold. Cajun Blaze guys. And they were just in a sack, refrigerated. They'd never been froze. And I was like, I don't know about no cold crawfish. I didn't want to eat any cold crawfish either. I never. But, did they serve them cold? Yeah, yeah that's what they Straight out the cooler. And they were excellent. They, I liked them. Yeah. I mean, it was like a, it just seemed like cold shrimp. You know, yeah, it really wasn't no yeah. difference, but. You they weren't peeled. They wasn't peeled or nothing, but they peeled great. Come right out of the shell. That'd be my concern that you'd be fighting it, you know. No, I didn't suck no heads cold. on those. <laughs> on <the> cold ones. <laughs> you know, just uh, refrigerated seafood, man. I'm okay if I buy a shrimp cocktail and like take it home and eat it, but I ain't fixing to let shrimp cocktail sit in the refrigerator. <laughs> I just, I mean, maybe if you cooked them and then ate them the next day, I could see it, but. As far as far as eating it for a few days later, just throwing it in the cooler and traveling with it, and breaking it, I'm eating it. I wonder if you can <laughs> none of that for the kid. 
I ain't, I ain't doing it. I wonder if you could freeze them in the bowl. I ain't doing it. What? I wonder if you could freeze them in the bowl. I don't know. You know, you buy those. I'm sure they're Vietnamese crawfish. You see, they yeah. come in the little tray and get the frozen section. They're a weird color red. Yeah. That ain't a red crawfish. That's an old Chinese buffet crawfish. I don't know. Them are crayfish. <laughs> they aren't crawfish like we eat. <laughs> That's a whole different species from around the other side of the earth. But I don't mess with those. I mean, I've, you know, I have tried, honestly. I've, oh, yeah. When we first We've started cooking crawfish. It. So my crawfish cooking goes back to, well, I guess we were watching NASCAR back probably in high school. Got the idea we was going to cook some crawfish. That's before anybody had crawfish trucks. There wasn't nobody selling them up here. The only place you ever got them is if you went down to Louisiana in the spring. And who told you how to cook them? Oh, probably one of uh, Justin Wilson's old cookbooks. We <laughs> <laughs> bought two or three of those little boxes of frozen ones. We got our turkey pot out, set it on the stove. We didn't have no burner. Oh, well, we might have had a turkey burner, but we wouldn't do it doing it inside. We dropped them in there, tried to season it with just the liquid stuff and those old packs that just had the mm. – it's, it's oh. not the yeah, dry yeah. powder. It's yeah. like this net, you know, almost yeah, like, it's a, like a tea. Yeah, yeah, like a tea bag full yeah. of crawfish or crab bowls, what it was. We had that in there and had it seasoned up, and we just throwing everything in there. And we put – man, you couldn't eat not a one of them. They were just the fishiest, <laughs> stunk the whole house up thing. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. So that's when we went to trying to figure out how to get live crawfish. And we ended up finding somebody that was driving down. They'd bring those shrimp man, you know. Yeah. Shrimp man would come up, and he'd bring you a sack of crawfish, and we'd cook crawfish. And so we started – we had a Killer Hogs barbecue team, and we got the idea we were going to do our fundraisers. This is back when we had zero money. And to do a barbecue contest or to and have something – We had something 27 to, team members. Yeah. So, we had, <laughs> so you know, we were going to have – we. Printed up tickets, wristbands. Everybody had to sell 10. We bought, I think that first one was four sacks of crawfish. And everybody brought a turkey pot and a burner. <laughs> I'm talking about the frying turkey pot now. And so we still had a grease line in it. We were at a place, <laughs> we were at Reed Meister's up off Park I Avenue. Know, that... I don't even know if it's a thing anymore. It was one of Neil's, you know, Neil's. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was it's his, still like, there. Named after his son or something. It was just a little hole in wall college it's bar. The Daily Planet now, or it used to be the Daily yeah, Planet. Yeah, but <laughs> but they let they let us use it like a Friday slow night in the I don't know if it was in the spring or what no sports going on yeah, there. Yeah. And they said, Y'all can come have your crawfish bowl. So we charged I forget what it was, ten, twenty bucks a head. You got a t shirt or something. We sold t shirts too. And we were out there trying to cook these crawfish. Like didn't I mean we half we didn't really know what we was doing. We just had an idea. And we cooked. It took us. I remember, like, we still had crawfish to cook at the end of the night. Nobody was really eating them. I mean, we was cooking them and giving yeah, trays yeah. of them, but it was four sacks. And I remember it taking us, like, eight hours to cook them. <laughs> We'd cook a little. You know, you can't cook that much in these little turkey pots. You can't cook about five or six pounds at a time. So we'd cook them, dump them out, and they'd get eight. And we'd cook them, dump them out, and, you know. Self-serve, so, single trays. We were still, no, no, it was just the old to-go box like we still use. But we kept doing that. The next year. We ended up getting some crawfish pots, and uh, uh, Pickle had a buddy, Jimmy Locke, that bought, he used to cook them for down at the Crawfish Alley in Tunica, a huge, big uh, crawfish fundraiser. He, he, and Ben was like, you want somebody to come show us how to cook crawfish? I'll get Jimmy to come do it. And so from then on, we started, Jimmy started that's, coming up. That's when your crawfish started getting That's bigger. when the crawfish, that's who I learned to cook crawfish from, was Jimmy. And so he would, he knew what he was doing. And we ended up, we would have a dozen 80-quart or 100-quart, 120-quart pots, and we were cooking, I don't know, 2,500 pounds. Yeah. I mean, we were cooking some crawfish then, and we had, I don't know. But people were showing up to actually eat. Yeah, I mean, them. we'd have yeah. 1,000 people come. Yeah. And, I mean, it I was a party. Many, we'd have yeah. bands, and we had the whole back end of Bobos. I mean, it was a, 
We had that for several years. Those were some good killer hogs parties. That was back in the day. We had, we had a t-shirt made up. I'll have to find it. Well, do you know which one I'm talking about? It was very like, do you remember those old uh, Big Johnson t-shirts? <laughs> yeah. The same kind of artwork and it said, it ain't going to suck itself. <laughs> it was back with, with a crawfish in a hot tub with a bunch of... He was in a big pot. Fred drew it for me. Fred Pucci drew it for me. They had a big a giant like, pot, like a hot tub. It had a bunch of those Big Johnson's girls in there with bikinis. Big crawfish sitting there coming out of the pot. That was, oh, I wish I still had that t shirt. I, I, I have one somewhere. Really? Yeah, I've kept one of all. I the used t-shirts. to have one that had the sleeves cut off. I used it as my boat shirt. It was, <laughs> but they didn't end up brown. You know, you get in lake water, it ended up all brown stained. It was, it finally just dissolved. You know, Next like crawfish video, that's what you wear. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I, I need to bring that one back. I still have the image somewhere. I got it. I'm going to have to at least get a new t shirt made. <laughs> But that's how you cook crawfish, man. That's how you do it. There is no wrong way. There really that's ain't. What I was you can say. There's a that. lot of different methods, really. But I mean, that's what we've done is just try it. You the know, directions don't... on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just follow that. Whatever. <laughs> what does it say? This treats one pound. Of... It's... What does that Zatarain say on the back? It's like this bag's for this many pounds. Yeah, yeah. That'll never work. Don't never do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or the little liquid bottle. This does... <laughs> 20 pounds of crawfish or crab or shrimp. I'm telling you, give that one a try, man. It's a good one. It's it's a a lockdown, jam-up crawfish recipe. Um, And you could pull back on the seasoning if you're afraid. You could. You just wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change a thing. Base it on your soak. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't pull back on seasoning because – once you pull back, there's there's no coming back yeah. from it. Well, you do sprinkle them, yeah. and you don't ruin everybody. <laughs> so you're saying maybe limit the amount of time you're yeah. soaking them. Yeah. At yeah. ten minutes, try it. I'm telling you, the reason why people don't want to add that much to it is because it's expensive to put all that stuff in there. That's not that's crawfish cooking is not cheap. I mean, you got you got to look at how much you pay for the crawfish, and then how much you paid for all the seasonings, the the rubs to go in it. But it's meant to feed a lot of people, so you get everybody to pitch in, and that's what—that's kind of what we always done. Throw in ten. You want to eat? Throw in ten bucks. Throw in fifteen bucks. It'll go towards what we spend on it. Ten bucks. Yeah. Um. What is it now? Twenty bucks? Thirty bucks? <laughs> I've never made money cooking. You never? Oh, you no. don't? You never? You make lose money. every crop. Just hope party. you get some beer money. It's just fun. So, um, don't want to catch y'all off, but I want to talk about starting a barbecue barbecue YouTube channel. Mark, you have your own barbecue YouTube channel. We got ours. We do. We have. So I pulled up. We started June third of twenty ten. This is this will be ten years. June third. Mm-hmm. When did you start? When did you upload your first? June of twenty nineteen. Oh really? Okay. We we'll have to celebrate. Nine years yeah, 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 yeah. Anniversaries, huh? Yeah. We're gonna have our ten year anniversary. But I feel like we have two different perspectives because I don't remember just starting out that much. Do you? <laughs> No, and I think I, it was a lot because we had no clue. Yeah, we had absolutely no clue we what we were, we were doing. doing, and we still don't a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, but I, I think things have changed a lot too. Yeah, in the past ten years, so I just kind of wanted us to talk about that because there's a lot of people. We get a lot of questions. Um, I come up with a lot of questions. I printed them out for you yep, there. I got it. <laughs> A lot of them had what? to do with starting why you want to start a YouTube channel. Yeah. I was going to let Mark answer some of them. Right. So, I mean, my thing was, you know, we got the rubs and we're, you know, I felt like at the point in the game where we are, we kind of just plateaued. You know, there was no, you know, we, yeah, we had a rub, but 
you know, we're no world champion, so how are you going to get the information out there that we have a product that we truly stand behind and that we, you know, take a lot of pride in? And that's the first thing. Anytime you do anything to look for something, you go to YouTube. Yep. I mean, just the other day I was talking to guys like, yeah, I was trying to change all my four-wheeler. Went to YouTube step by step. And everybody, I mean, that's like. It's the world's largest search. Oh, yeah. I mean. It used to be Google, you know, every, and then Google kind of turned into a, a, a verb, I guess, or what, yeah. you know, you Google it, you know, now you YouTube it. Yeah. It's not a thing anymore. It's something you do. I know somebody you, told me to Google it one time. <laughs> it's probably me. It was. She'll tell you that in the reboot yep. real quick, don't she? <laughs> but I mean. That, oh, IT shell. <laughs> hey, shell, how'd I do this? Did you, did you ask Google? No. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> ask Google first. Yeah. But, I mean, me. it's, you know, we've been lucky enough to have y'all and, you know, have y'all as a close friend. And, I mean, y'all are, y'all are like the benchmark. Like, that's what every barbecue channel out there looks towards y'all. And y'all been very successful. And, I mean, that can't do nothing but expire, you know, inspire people that are just getting started. So, why not? I mean. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of, what did you, how did you get started? What was that process like? You got a camera? Bought a camera. We bought just a little Nikon camera. Uh, definitely invested in mics. That was not going to do a video without it because, I mean, that makes all the difference in the world. What kind of mics? Uh, the little lapel mics, the Zoom Audio, I think. Mm -hmm. Same ones I think y'all used to run or may yeah. still do. And, you know. H1 Zoom. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, handy, handy mic. And a lot of people use the Rode mics um, that are attached to the camera. Uh, I haven't quite mastered that. Uh, we, uh, I've tried. It don't. And don't be scared to fail. It's it's going to be, that was my biggest thing is like getting over the hump. And, you know, I'm just a country boy, mush mouth, been boom, Howard barbecue for a long time. <laughs> and I mean, just. just you got to roll with yeah, it. Yeah, you just got to go. And yeah. Don't listen to the comments. Well, don't I, even look at them. I had that as one of the questions. Uh, how. Do you get comfortable on camera? Because I get that a lot. You know how how do you just decide, or is it something you were you knew you had some camera presence before you started, or you just no. started? I was a nervous wreck. Still get nervous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what do you tell somebody? They're asking you how to get. Just you know? do it. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get comfortable. There is no class. There is no video you can watch to make you feel comfortable in front of camera other than doing it. And don't I mean. That's the thing. If you've seen what really went on to make that video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, behind the scenes. I mean, it takes me 30 minutes to get the intro in. So, <laughs> yeah. Once you get past the intro, I'm good. But it's, you know, don't worry about it. You know, there's there's always a way to fix it. And if you can't figure out how to fix what you've done, Google it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, I agree with that. And we do that all the time. And you can keep them really simple. Yeah. You know? And you I enjoy it now. I mean, it's. At first, I was like, man, we got to do a video, you know. But now it's like, you know, you really enjoy it and, you know, be yourself and sound like you're excited about doing this video, mm -hmm. and it goes a lot smoother. So, What else do you have aside from you have your Nikon, you got um, a lapel mic? Invest in lights. And lights, yeah. Um, we were lucky enough in our house that we kind of knew this is what we were going to do when we built our house. So I tried to make the kitchen as bright as I could, and then, you know, I think we paid – 70 bucks for three lights mm -hmm. set them up plug them in adjust them because you can get too light yeah <laughs> i was glowing one day and i was like that's not gonna work <laughs> you need a powder come yeah. in make up that's the only thing i haven't done yet 
Chell, you do Michael's makeup? No, we don't do any makeup. <laughs> no, we just run it. Should All natural brow. <laughs> the news guys do. Yeah, when are you just makeup crew? <laughs> We're trying to be authentic. I glow too much for makeup. <laughs> Barbecue sweats. But uh, so one, one thing I will say is consistency. That's what's really, you know, because you've gone to what are you at? You're over ten thousand subscribers. We right should now. be thirteen thousand this week. That's crazy in a year. That's great. And you start monetizing at what one thousand? One thousand. Yeah, it's one thousand subscribers. And what this is, I still, when we first looked at, it, and I talked to y'all. You know, we were looking over. It's like you gotta have four thousand hours of view time. I'm like. Is there even 4,000 hours in the year? Like, how do you see that much, you know? <laughs> but it it just happens. Yeah. I mean. But do you think that it's the consistency of it? It's not just that you did one great video. It's no. that you've done a bunch of videos. Try to stay consistent ever. and be genuine. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Don't try to be somebody you're not. And, I mean, I've had comments there's like, man, you're like Malcolm Reed. Well, thank you. Like, I appreciate <laughs> that, you know. But, I mean. I've learned what we do from y'all. I mean, yeah, that's part of it, you know, and you just find your niche, you know, I mean, a lot of our recipes are a little bit different. I try to be very authentic and have a recipe that maybe you just don't find in a cookbook or maybe that somebody's never done. Not that I have never done it, but it's something I try Well, that work. We can make this better mm-hmm. until you get it solid. And I mean, that's kind of like the mustard butter. Everybody's like, man, mustard and butter on steak, but it works. It's and, very good. you know, just kind of step out of your box and find your own thing and go with it. So how do you come up with the recipes you're going to do? Is it something you plan out or? For the most part, it's either something we've already cooked. I'm not going to dry run a recipe because I've we done try that. not to. I've done that one time and that video did not make it. So He dry runs a lot. Not a lot. I don't like to. Well, I mean, you got to, <clears throat> I'm not saying you cook the, exact recipe but you've got a good idea like you know that you've made this sauce before you've cooked this protein before you you make it work and put it together and if it's something really unusual we always do a practice run practice some dry runs run. to yeah. get it right but and i mean just yeah. cook you know i mean we're gonna cook every that's another thing is you know we cooked every weekend why not film a little bit of it yeah. and you yeah. know Turn it into something more than just cooking at home. And share it with people. Yeah. That's my big thing. I want you know, I want other people to cook it and put their spin on it and give give them ideas. Like I get ideas from people and you know, just share. I think that's the biggest part of it. You know, it's helping everybody cook better by you putting that out there. That's a that's a big thing to me. While you know, kind of why I do what I do, because I I love other people telling me that they've tried it and they did this to it, and you know, and it turned out great or it blowed their friends away. You know, everybody thinks they're the king now. <laughs> <laughs> because they took these recipes and they made them their own. I mean, that's that's really a good thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's to me, that is like, it may sound corny, but like one of the best feelings is when you either get an email or get a text or get something and say, hey, we cooked this recipe and it turned out excellent. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then that makes me feel better because I actually wrote a recipe out that somebody else could follow. Yep. And yeah. it ain't just chicken scratch in a book that I wrote, you know. Right. And it's good. And people want to use it and they want to share it and they want to tell everyone about it. Um, but you still have a full-time job. You I still work Emily. 45, 50 hours a week. And <laughs> So how do you find time? That's That was a question I wrote down. How do you find time to do your videos? If somebody starting out kind of gets an idea. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, I really, my goal is this year to produce one every week. I didn't do one last week. But, I mean, life happened. You did? Not this past <laughs> week. I did one with you, yeah. <laughs> but it's, we usually try to shoot. If nothing else is going on and we don't have a contest or we're not doing something, try to shoot on Saturday. 
that usually don't happen. So we're usually filming Sunday evening, depending on the cook. If it's a long cook, you know, you have to do it on Saturday. Um, and then as soon as it's over, I'm editing. I edit Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and usually, no joke, not in bed till midnight on Tuesday night, yeah. trying to get everything. And we live in the sticks, so our internet's slow as Christmas. So it takes all night to upload it. And then I hit the play button on it Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning. And it's, if you shoot a video, it's four days of work. You know, you think you're just filming and hitting. No, it's not. That. It is. It's a lot of work. That was, that was one thing I wrote on there on the notes was to talk about the editing process. Because yeah. when we first started, we didn't know what editing was. We didn't edit. I mean, we just real raw, yeah, real time. It was real time barbecue, <laughs> but you Wait, know, I'd film you doing one step, and that would be a video, and then we'd film you doing one, another step, and that would be a, you know, like it's raw. Yeah, I mean, bad. But but we learned that the better videos flow, and they need that editing, and they need the polishing, and that's really where your time is. I mean, you know, it's great we can come up with recipes and we can film it and you know capture it and it looks cool, but to be able to take it and go through the editing process and really make it look good to our standards, that's a big part of it. And I think that's what's helped your videos a lot is that you sat down and and learned how – taught yourself how to edit, you know. I had a good 30-minute <laughs> teacher. Yeah, but the the program we both use – iMovie is It makes it great. really simple, yeah. I mean, it's – It's like editing for beginners or yeah, dummies. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a computer whiz by no means, and – you sit down and spend a little time with it, and you kind of figure Now, there's bells and whistles that I have no idea what do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I know what the basics do, and we're going to roll with it, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, that's, and, but that's the important part. I think that you're taking the time, and you're even spending more time. It takes you more time to get it to the upload stage than it does you to sit there and film it one afternoon or one day, right. whatever you're doing. So, uh, who, so you mainly. You in front of the, the camera, I do. Every is bit of Emily? Emily is the camera person, just like Shell does it all for me. She she's behind the camera now. She's she's done several videos. Yeah. Um, she enjoys doing the videos, but this is my channel. No. <laughs> she's behind the camera, so yeah, yeah. And she does really well with it. And she's learned. I mean, we both have. Um, yeah. Does she I, edit too. And she's done a little bit, but she's never edited like start to finish. Thing. You know, my plan is to get her to that point. You know. To rub off on her show a little bit, <laughs> tell her it's so much fun. And but editing will stress me out sometimes. It I've really learned does. too, like if you, if you're not happy with it right when you film it, just do it again. I mean, a lot of things you can't like. If you're cutting a brisket, there is no going back. Yeah. If you're tasting something, there is no going back. If you're seasoning, you're not gonna wash it off and do it again. But if you're not happy with it when you're at that point. Do something to where you are happy with it, and then the editing comes a lot smoother. Yeah, that's a good tip. So once you get it all edited, you spend all that time, walk us through what you do now to get it on YouTube, because a lot of people don't know. I didn't know. So <clears> it's, <throat> I mean, so I what I, I may do this completely different than y'all do. Yeah, so I'll walk through what we do in, after yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I'll get it done editing, and I'll watch it four or five times, and that's – that's what I still hate. I cannot stand watching uh-huh. myself and listening to myself, but it's part of it. Then I watch it, then I hand it to Emily. You watch it. Do you see anything that you do not like? Is there anything that's jumping out? Did I, you know, is it a glitch? Is Once all that's good, I upload it or I save it to a file, to like an MP4, MP3 file or whatever you call it, and then I watch it again because I've run into issues where somewhere in that, that saving, it'll lose a piece of it, it'll cut something out, the video will stop soon, then I have to go back. But 
I think I've got that fixed. I think yeah. most of it's our 1940s laptop we do this with. <laughs> but so once I get that done, then then I just upload it to YouTube, and I'll do that on Tuesday night before I go to bed. Go in there and hit start, and it's usually a five to six hour upload where we're at. You know, that's it. I mean, it's a lot to once you get it to YouTube, and of course. You know, putting a description in, you know, putting a recipe that somebody physically can look at and don't have to watch the video. So they can watch the video. Hey, that's great. Let me see how he done it. Read through it. Can you print off YouTube? I've never tried. Like, can you print know. a description? You probably just copy and paste it yeah. to a notepad or yeah. a Word document. I don't know. <clears throat> so, I mean, that gives you a written <clears throat> image, I guess you'd say, to look at. But, um, so there's all, but I was, I was kind of getting at keywords. maybe Shell. Yeah. Maybe Shell can kick in now. About how important like this this stage is, why you do you know what you do when you get it on YouTube. So we kind of follow the same thing. I get it edited, um, and usually sometimes I'll get frustrated with editing. One tip I could say is I'll set myself like th- you have to edit for thirty minutes. You know, I'll force myself to edit for thirty minutes, and by the time I get through that thirty minutes and get in the groove of it, I'll usually keep editing for a couple of hours. Um, but that's just a tip to, you know, don't let that uh, roadblock of, of feeling intimidated or frustrated with it stop you. Um, but then once it is edited, Malcolm will watch it. We watch it several times and make sure everything's cool. Um, render it, upload it to YouTube. Then after it's uploaded to YouTube, we I do some keyword searches. I make sure, you know, we got our keywords set. We set our title, description. Malcolm writes the recipe. Um, then we upload it to the website. We turn it live. Uh, we announce it on Instagram. We uh, announce it on Facebook. We also upload it to Facebook. Do you upload yours to mm-hmm. Facebook? I do. Yeah. Um, the thing with uploading it to Facebook is you don't get the um, watches on YouTube, but I've noticed that once I upload it to Facebook, I, it seems that the watches on YouTube also jump, you know? So I'll usually do similar. Like I'll actually copy the link that day of. Yeah. And then if I ever like, you know, say for like St. Patrick's Day, I wanted to share that video right before the holiday, then I'll do the file and upload it to you or upload it to Facebook where yeah. it just automatically plays when you scroll by it. Yeah. And it does. It makes a difference. Yeah. It, it kind of helps spread the word. Um, and then we put it on our uh, website as well. I got to get better about that. Yeah. I mean, people watch it on YouTube. You know, you're you're doing the most important part. We found mostly mostly it's mobile devices. Yeah. That's the biggest chunk of the people watching our videos is mobile. So mobile's where it's at. I mean, and luckily on our app, it pulls it into that automatically too. So you can watch it in the app yeah. without going to YouTube. Now that does probably count the the view, doesn't it? If you watch it, in yes, the, because it's an embed video. Yeah. At that point, so it's actually coming through YouTube. Yeah. With Facebook, I've actually uploaded a whole separate file to Facebook, mm-hmm. so it's watching it from there and right. giving you account from there. I think keywords is a like that's the main driver. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to pick the right keywords. Yeah, definitely. So, how do you find your keywords? I search videos. I mean, you got the keyword finder, like the Google ad thing. Like, I mean, I've done that, but I'll try to find something similar to what we're watching and just see what word I punched in and search to find it. Yeah, and I mean, it takes a few minutes, but. It does. It's important, though. And I've went back in. Like, if I have a video that's not doing what I think it should, I'll go back in and change keywords and redo it. And you can literally see a spike. Like, you'll see the that's views come up. That's a good tip. And, like, say... I've never done that. The first video we're doing, the ribeye video on the pellet grill. 
I didn't, for some reason, I didn't put, I don't know if it was pellet grill or what I didn't share in the keywords. And I went back and changed it. And literally it was like you flipped a switch and it starts working. Yeah. A pellet grill searches anyway. Like yeah. that's, that's booming on YouTube right now. I know. So, so what's your, um, what do you recommend for someone that is starting out? Invest in the camera. Don't be scared. And be, I mean, be, the biggest thing is be yourself, be authentic. Don't, you know, don't step out in left field and try to be who you're not. Um, and be consistent. Don't yeah. stop. Consistent, yeah. Just stick th- with it. I think the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And exactly. the more your own style you develop. Um, you can go back and look at our videos from years ago. And Malcolm's a little more stiff and probably wasn't just being himself. But he's developed his own style. And I've developed my own camera style and my own editing style and things like that. So. That's right. I mean, that's yeah. that's how it is. And I, but you got to put in the work. I'm still not 100% comfortable in yeah. front of the camera, but I've done it so much, it almost starts getting second nature to you. So you don't even realize it. And so I, I catch myself just just flowing, you know, and letting, it, and letting it roll. And I think that's what people like about a lot of it is because it's more genuine that way. It's like this this is this guy. I'd, you know, I'd hang yeah. out with him or <laughs> I'd eat some of that with him or <laughs> drink a beer with him or whatever. And it's the same way with you, you know, you just develop, you develop that rapport and it's who you are, you know, I think that's the, that factor in it alone makes your, you know, makes your channel, makes your video, uh, watchable and the people want to stay, they don't just click off of it when they see something. Cause I mean, there's a lot there's of, there's a ton of choices out there. I mean, yeah. You can watch a lot of videos for them to come back and for you to grow that fast. It's doing fantastic. So that's a lot of, uh, we get that question a lot. Like I've started this YouTube channel and I've put out several barbecue videos but I'm just not getting the traction. That's something that you've done really well. How do you I don't think know you how. do it? Oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, we, I mean, me and you've had several conversations. Yeah. And I, like I say, I said it earlier, we've been lucky to have y'all as a source. And, you know, a lot of people, y'all started from scratch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't have that. Nobody was doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody's doing it. <laughs> so, I mean. We got made fun of a lot. A lot. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's almost like, you know, taking a barbecue class. You know, knowing somebody's done it, you know, getting that feedback yeah. is jumping years ahead right out the gate. And, you know, I, I think, like you say, is, you know, being genuine and don't be scared. If you mess up, show you messed up. You know, yeah. don't try to over edit it and make it look all Hollywood fight or whatever you want to yeah. call it. You know, I mean, fake. Yeah. If your dog poops in the backyard behind you, <laughs> let the dog poop, you know. <laughs> There's a video with a cat pooping. <laughs> old, old, old video. Our brisket video. <laughs> Gus dog. is in the back. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Just looking at yes. camera. He's looking at camera. Just... <laughs> and I mean, it's not like he's finishing up it was or he's att- starting out. He's mid-poop. <laughs> it was an attention one, too. It was, it was just for spite. <laughs> Y'all out here not paying attention to me? I'll show you. I got you. <laughs> that's a whole different bomb photo I know, bomb. I look at that one. And that's the brisket uh, video. Mm-hmm. But I mean it's So are you getting rich off YouTube? I get that's that on No. <laughs> that, it's no. That that's one thing I would have to say. You you would think that we'd be millionaires, you know, making millions of dollars because we almost have a million subscribers. It doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. I would strongly suggest if you're getting into YouTube, you need to have something else to pay the bills like sell some rub or you know something like, yeah if you're doing fishing shows sell some fishing bait or something <laughs> you gotta have something you gotta, else yeah that's right that's true that's true you I mean, you do not make as much money yeah. on youtube as you would think and what 
what scares me is that there's no consistent factor in that. Yeah. So like everybody's like, well, how do you know how much you make? I was like, they send me a check. That's all it. But what if it's not right? I couldn't tell you if it is or not. You can argue. Yeah. Just say thank you. Yeah. That's it. You know. And I mean, I know there's like a algorithm or whatever they figured yeah. up with, but it's way over my head. And and they'll show you stats and stuff. Yeah. But you, like you said, there's no arguing. With yeah. You have no control what goes on it, what ads play. And when we're talking about making money from it, it's because we monetize these videos. And that's where you uh, you actually allow uh, YouTube or Google to place ads on your video. You can pick where they go, whether they're played in the front, where they're played in the middle, at the back, wherever. And the more the more ads that play, the more money you do make Possibly. if people watch them. If people watch them. That's the whole thing. They've got to, do they have to click on them or just watch them? There's different... You pay different, rates. Yeah, yeah, different pay if rates. If they actually click on it, you probably yeah. make a little more. I, don't, I really don't know. I'm like, Mark, we never banked on YouTube money. We looked at YouTube from our standpoint as a way to share information. And it's, you know, it, it, and it, if you make something off of it, great. We put it towards, yeah. you know, other stuff. But it's not something that you rely on. Because, I mean, we hadn't mastered that. And some, I mean, I'm sure somebody has. And that's something we don't really know about. But. Another thing is you can join a network. They have these networks that they try to encourage you to join. Um, I don't think they're as popular now as they were a few years back. But We were in one for a while. Yeah. Basically, they say that they get you better ads and take a cut of your commission. Um, but I found that that's not the way to go. All it amounts to is they're taking 25 30% of your yeah. money. Yeah. They just take a cut. <laughs> so your check's smaller. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it can get any smaller, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about YouTube? I think the social networking, you know, I mean, you, I mean, you do kind of, you don't know these people. I mean, you know, some of them, yeah. like when Jay comments on a video, like something <laughs> stupid, I know that's Jay, you know, but it's, you know, I try to stay on top of comments yes. and you're starting out. You have to, you have when to, you get like, to a I point my, where you can't, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no way I could keep up with what y'all have going yeah. on, but I try to just cause I mean, you get a lot of helpful questions. You get a lot of tips, you know, mm -hmm. people that, Hey, what about this? Hey, that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, let's try that. Um, and you build a fan base that way, I think, too. And it's still kind of weird. Like, I mean, we're nowhere near Malcolm Reed. But it's still weird. Like, we'll be somewhere and like, hey, you done that video? I'm like, we did, yeah. I had that. It's I can't get over that either. But You watched it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Awesome. Let me shake your head. Thank you. That's what I, that's I, what I, I feel yeah. that way still. Whenever yeah. somebody tells me they watched it, I said, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I know the numbers say a bunch of them watched it, but hey, that's, that's awesome. We, uh, Appreciate you watching it. <laughs> I guess your number one fan is who's always crazy, and I'd have to say that's my dad. Oh, really? And, Does and he watch all? My dad watches all mine. He'll like so him and his mama or mom, him and mama's on this plan, like this cell phone plan. Apparently, they only get so many gigs or whatever a month, uh, and he will burn through them in like four days. <laughs> and I'm like, How are you? watching, yeah, watching YouTube. He's like, did you see what Malcolm cooked today? I'm like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I seen it. Our, my parents, all my, both of my parents watch YouTube videos. I mean, they. It's crazy when you got you know the the senior generations now watching. They're they're hip on YouTube watching stuff. I mean, yeah, that's how people are getting entertainment. They're using that for TV. Mm -hmm. I mean, regular TV, satellite TV, cable TV. That they're hurting over, over YouTube's putting the hurting on them. Oh yeah, and with these streaming services too. I mean, it's crazy. There's been several times when I have time to sit down and watch a show, and I'll end up watching stuff. Yeah, on getting YouTube. stuck in the YouTube yeah. loop because it it does loop you in. You start watching one thing and then it suggests all these others and you watch them and it suggests something yeah. else. The next thing you know, it's six hours later, you've been glued to the screen. And you're watching this goat eat hay behind this farm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the crazy thing is it's got the kids hooked. I mean, they've got the kids. Yeah. YouTube is, I mean, 
I don't know a kid that don't watch YouTube or know what it is. You know, our, we got to we have to monitor Michael and, oh, and yeah. make him get off of it, limit his screen time because he would stay on it the whole time. He'd have it right in front of his face the, all day. But he didn't care about TV. Yeah, and and it's crazy. They don't watch kids don't watch Saturday morning cartoons anymore. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't even know if he knows how to. It's all on YouTube. Turn six on minute, TV. you know, Good. six minute. I don't even know if they watch whole ones. You know, they just watch these videos, clips, short yeah. clips, and it's all it's fast pace. If we got to limit your kids, we need to get really, really fast at cooking, and we'll just do TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a great. I've been kicking around the idea of doing some different stuff with it because it's just another way to get yourself out there to get you get people to come to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just you know promoing what you're doing or something like that, or showing the finished product on TikTok. I mean, that's Everybody thinks it's just a kid's thing now of, you know, high school or, you know, teenage kids making little clips, but there's going to be more and more going. You watch TikTok. It's going to blow up. I mean, there's a, you know, Instagram did it, Snapchat done it, and it's kind of faded away. I mean, there's a, there's always going to be a platform that's next, and TikTok right now is it. I mean, that's it's getting, it's skyrocketing. Um, what do you think the hardest thing was about becoming a YouTuber? Fear. Yeah. Getting over that. I mean, it's not that you're, I'm not trying to say you're scared, but it's, you know, it's a lot of nerves involved. Oh, yeah. And. What are they going to say about it? Exactly. Well, the fear of not knowing what you're doing, because we still feel like that a lot of times. I mean. Oh, gosh. You know, not just putting yourself out there. It's like, am I doing this right? Am I up on the right? Am I messing, is it going to mess up on camera? Is everybody going to laugh at me? You know, they're going to tell me I got diabetes and going to die. (laughs) (laughs) They wish Mark would put on weight. It's too skinny. Yeah. (laughs) Never trust a skinny cook. You get all that, but you got to, you got to get over that fear. And it really is. That is the hardest thing. Once you, once you get a few under your belt and you've been doing it coming up on a year and you see the potential of it. And even if you're not growing like that, you're still putting out stuff. Just keep doing it because ours didn't grow near as fast as yours. No. I mean, we were, I remember it took us, I remember we thought getting 10,000 was like the pinnacle. Yeah. We thought that was going to be the greatest thing ever. We had 10,000 people on YouTube. I don't think we really kind of started, I don't want to say snowballing, but really picking traction up until we hit over 100,000. Yeah. And 100, I was like, there's no way it's not going anymore. This many people aren't watching barbecue. Who's going to watch it? And I remember I told Shell, it's like, there's no way. We can never do more than I this. I always believed. And Shell's like, watch, we're going to get a million. And I said, there's no way we're going to get a million. And hopefully by June third, our anniversary, we're gonna push to get that million. We'll see. That might be our anniversary party, Mark. We might throw a million party. I, I want to throw. A million. Everybody's invited. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we gotta wait till this virus. We might yeah. have to postpone this for one year. We might have to stall yeah. a little bit. Gonna, I can't have everybody come. We're gonna have fever checkers. Where can door. we get a million people together? <laughs> Um, All online. Maybe we just do it online. Maybe we stream, stream the party. How about that, Chill? Okay, there you go. Can you do that? Yeah. We can just do that, us three, right here. <laughs> just, yeah, woo. If I got a big bottle of TX whiskey, I got stashed in there. <laughs> do you Get plan to do tonic. They say if you drink tonic, you know, it's good for you. So I, I, I got to stop I've always thought a good shot of whiskey. Not, not the whiskey. It's the, oh, you think the whiskey goes with it? You got gin and tonic, what I'm talking about. I can't do tonic. Something about that quinine in it or something. I hate the tonic. But, oh. It's the quinine. It's going to kill that virus. Yeah. I believe it. Um, do you plan to do YouTube for a long time, Malcolm? I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. I mean, I can see me being an old man still. Like, Justin Wilson's one of my idols, and he was mm. making cooking videos when I was a little boy, and he was the coolest old man I know, <laughs> doing Cajun videos and cooking and telling jokes. Now, I'm not the comedian, but I think I, I, could, I could still uh, you know, keep doing these videos. As long as somebody's watching them, I'll keep making them. As long as you ever record them. 
I probably wouldn't do it if I had to set the camera up myself. And, yeah, yeah. But, if he had to edit, yeah. he had to. <laughs> as long as you just want to capture me cooking and telling tales, I can do that. <laughs> it's only going to get better. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Oh, yeah. I don't have, I mean. You see the potential. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of potential. Um, you know, it's, to me, it's something to help, you know, promote our hobby, you know, yep. and get our product out there and, you know, get other people's products out there. It's not just about us. You know, it's it's a ton of partnerships. I mean, us, you know, us working together yeah. last weekend, you know, grow together and that's that's what it's all about. I think so too. You're right. It's, it's communal and. It is. I, I see ours growing and, and going into something like that and starting other, like, you know, other Bring, projects. Helping and, other people. Yep, That's my, yep. I don't think you are, you, I don't think you get. Um, Anywhere by yourself like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just thinking about, just thinking about <laughs> yourself. I got you, Shell. I know where you're at. And I don't think it's necessarily about, you know, just barbecue. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, no. I'm, I mean, yeah, that's my, that's my background and that's what we've, you know, our passion, but I don't want to limit ourselves to that. You know, if we want to cook, I have a recipe in the kitchen, you know, making spaghetti over the stovetop, whatever, you know, or just cooking in general and then kind of blowing stuff up. Yeah. Stuff up. <laughs> Y'all been talking about blowing stuff up on a YouTube channel for a while. So, I mean, it's, it's more to it than that. And I eventually want to grow into that to where it's more of a lifestyle and not just barbecue. I agree. Wise lady once told me. <laughs> um, do you have any upcoming videos? We're going to try to do two this weekend. I got to make up for this past week. Yeah. And we're actually, this weekend I'm planning on doing, taking a chuck roast and trimming it down just like you, similar to a ribeye, an overgrown ribeye, tying it, jacarding it, doing a salt brine overnight and reverse searing it just like a ribeye. Cooking so it what done this? About 125, 128. A chuck roast. I've so done it. I've done it, it before. Like and a choice grade yeah. or prime or really, man. I and don't know how that turns out. It's it's like a a tender sirloin. Is it? Does it get tender? Yeah. I imagine it stays tough. Yeah. Well, the deal is, like, I'm gonna try to do it. So I ordered another grill today. Don't tell Emily. <laughs> <laughs> too late order? if she listens. You know, what did you? Well, order? It'll be too late. It'll yeah. be here tomorrow. Oh. Ordered a PK360. Oh, did you really? Cool. So my plan is to fire it up and two zone fire. Keep it as cool as I can. If I run it 225 and really bring that chuck roast up really slow. And then sear it off, you know, good finished temp, about 125, and then rest it. Try to keep it at that temperature as long as I can to really break it down. And jacquard it, I mean, you're going to make it tender. Yeah. I mean, I might go a little crazy with the jacquard, but. <laughs> so the plan is to slice it? Mm -hmm. Slice it, yeah. you know, about like, like you would a flat iron, just a overgrown ribeye. And what do you I think the you. cook time is going to be on that? Every bit of an hour. Oh, okay. Hour 15. From start to finish? Mm -hmm. And then that'd be a good quarantine. That'd be good. Cook. What's your other one? Other one is I got some accessories for a cooker. So okay. our little outlaw patio is getting a lift kit and all kind of stuff. You know, we're going to deck <laughs> it out. Any up, any updates on the new outlaw that we're going to use for Memphis and whenever Memphis it and wherever be. Memphis, Memphis and question mark Memphis, yeah. Memphis and mark. Yeah. Um, I talked to Jay the other day with outlaw and it was coming out of powder coat. So she ought to be getting close. I'm almost too scared to cook on it. It's getting really? pretty. Uh, I'm excited to see it. It's, it's going to look good. So, Lady in red. 
What do you have? Any videos you got coming? Um, up? I'm gonna do some what's in the freezer videos. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's kind of where the chuck roast come from because so. the stores are out, man. You know, meat's kind of slim. So I've got, I actually found a, a skirt steak that I had in the freezer for a while, and oh, I've got it thawing out. Right. But I, I'm not gonna do like I'm, I'll do. A, I'm gonna do like a, a meal style video. I've got an idea. It's gonna be some chicken and some, you know, probably some asparagus and some potatoes or something that somebody could throw together. I've probably they got something in the freezer they could do this recipe with. But then I'm also gonna to try to get you to record me just some raw uh, using the yeah. phone, no special audio. Throwing it's probably gonna be on that skirt. I'm gonna do some skirt steak, carne asada, tacos or something like that. Just so so you can see what we're eating while we're stuck at home emptying the freezers. This week it was. Deer, sloppy joe. We've ate, we've ate, sloppy joe. We made another Mississippi pot roast. Yeah. And That's we had we soup. Got. And tonight's probably going to be cereal. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's getting down, man. But we're trying to stay out of them grocery stores as much as possible. So I did. Uh, I put my comp order in with Kevin. Yeah. Butcher shop. And of course, it got canceled. But I'm going to let the order roll in. And I called him. I was like, look, Brian's going to be down there Sunday. Load it up. Like, well, I don't care. Just surprise me. I think I'm getting. Some ground beef, a couple of chuck roasts, a couple of chuck steaks. You know, I said, he's coming down there. I said, I don't care. Just send me an invoice. Because, I mean, you ain't going to buy nothing around here. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw him post that. He's got I, his yeah. shelves. And locally, if you are here, I saw Brad up at the butcher, the butcher shop and uh, TK out at Raymond. So they both had meat. Mm-hmm. And Fayette Packing said they had meat too. So if anybody can't find it in grocery stores, you probably could go to the, some of these butcher, local butcher shops. Yeah. I got enough chicken thighs in the freezer right yeah, you now. You got some Springer Mountain yeah. chicken, right? Times get bad. I, I need some chicken, Mark. That's what I. I got some ribs. I, I found some Smithfield extra tenders at Walmart, and they had no meat except they had some pork. They had like I guess they just got a, a tr- truck in, <laughs> and I was like, man, these are some beautiful ribs. I got that contest coming up. I might as well stash some. So that's what we need to do. Like the next month's video, all these people has done hoarded all this crap. They can't cook it. Like, <laughs> you don't <laughs> bought something, you don't even know what it is. Yeah, we're gonna teach you how to cook it. Oh man. It's well, been crazy. Well, that's, that about uh, does it. Mark, I want to thank you for coming out. Thank y'all. Tell us where you can find you, yeah. man. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, yeah, subscribe it's Swine Life channel. BBQ. And got any questions, shoot us a message. We'll be glad to help out. And yeah. we'll have a link there to your YouTube channel, Swine Life BBQ. Go subscribe. Check it out. Yeah. Tell thanks me what for, I'm doing wrong. Thanks for coming on the <laughs> podcast today, hanging out with us. Thanks for And for doing coffee. the video. Yeah. And we're going to do, we may do one of them crazy crawfish videos where we put all kinds of your favorite stuff in it load and it load up. it on your channel. How about that? That works. I'm down to eat some more crawfish. I didn't get full of them yet. I, I'd like to get, you know, six or eight crawfish yeah. bowls in. <laughs> Every other weekend. Yeah. So, well, hey, Shell, where can they find us? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. And I don't check Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all for hanging out with us this week. And we'll be back next week if the good Lord's willing. See y'all.